you turn your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagging, but the only proof that they've been true come from Tinkos Tavern. Welcome to Heroes Brew, the official podcast of Tinkos Tavern, your local pub in the OSR. Welcome to episode three of the Heroes Brew, the official podcast of Tankars Tavern. I'm your host, James Spawn, and with me tonight, as always, is the owner of the tavern, Eric Tankar. Folks, how you doing? And the man with the biggest tab, Glenn Holstrom. (laughs) That's you, Glenn. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this show's coming out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, hi, hi. And with us tonight, we have a special guest and fellow podcaster, Jason Hobbs, who you may know from Hobbs and Friends of the USR. Hey, everybody, how's it going? I heard he does a podcast. He does do a podcast and a damn fine one at that. Yes, he does. That's what people tell me. I, I never believe him, though. Um, you shouldn't because most people are dirty, horrible liars, and I say that now only because I'm on Valium. Um, so. <laughs> and I say that, and he says that with love. <laughs> most affectionately. Most Platonic, affectionately. Platonically. Platonic affection, yes, exactly. Yes. Well, thanks you're for having a bum. me on, you're a, you're a bum in the best possible way. <laughs> uh, Jason, you were you were pretty much on you know among the top of the list that we wanted to get on the show, and um, this has been a long time coming because I think we got yeah. right up to the day of, and it was like everything you shit the bed, and then it's been what at least a month. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, it's, it's always good to have it going again, right? Oh, yeah, it's nope. it's great. I mean, I mean, you know, James. Oh, we can get Hobbs in here. That'd be great. And Eric and I go, who? <laughs> oh wait, no, I know who Hobbs oh my is. God. I listen to James's uh, Hobbs and Friends of the OSR, and uh, I, I I'm just gonna say that uh, Hobbs has said uh, things that I wish I could have said, but didn't. And I I give the man props because he's. If you think I speak my mind in the tavern. Hob speaks his mind. God bless. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's re- <laughs> well, no one's really listening anyway. So you just say whatever you want, right? <laughs> well, there's the truth to that too. But no, they're listening to you. Listen, What's you that? have some of the best episodes about running a sandbox. I mean, that I gotta listen to those. Oh, dude, they are. I don't even Very listen to my good. own. Sh- I don't even listen to my own shows. Fortunately, I have some uh, really good co-hosts for Hex Talk. They uh, they do a really good job. I just kind of drop some quips in the middle somewhere. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we we wanted to get Eric Hoffman, but you know, he said he's too good for our show. No, actually, he didn't say that. he is too good for our show, though, because that man is amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, well if, you ever need, if you ever need a substitute host, here I am. I'm <laughs> sorry. Right. I, I come from Wild Games Productions where uh, brown nosing is refined to an art. Good. Well, at least you're honest about that. I mean, oh, yeah. about them, not you, but them. Well, me, well I'm part of it. 
Yeah, you're on the fringe, man. You know, you, you, one day your island's going to just take off on its own and just get bigger and bigger. Hey, there goes. What's going to get bigger and bigger? <laughs> there goes hammer. My yeah, my hammer. Uh, Deco's hammer is doing very, very well. We do have a following. I call it small but vicious. So, I'm yeah, Hobbs. I will start listening, sir. All right, man. Another listener. You should, now, how do you work that? Uh, how do you work that iTunes thing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, like if you're not listening to Hobbs and Friends, and you want to hear people who, I, I would use the term unfiltered, but that sounds. It's a bit aggressive. They are, in every sense of the word, real. Yeah. Nobody is afraid to say exactly how they feel. And regardless of what anyone will say, in any large social circle, there are politics. And politics influences many people and what they will and won't say in public. Except for Hobbs and Friends, where they do not give a (laughs) shit and will tell you exactly (laughs) how they feel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes Not it sound like. like... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it makes it sound real. Well, I was going to say it makes it sound a lot more harsh than it feels like when I talk. But, um... but the thing is, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying it's harsh, but it, it is for for both praise and you know criticism and criticism. It's honest. Right. Well, and yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that, that's another word for blunt. <laughs> yeah, it's blunt for better or worse. It's blunt, and I, I really that's can. True. That. I mean, when when Jason and I saw each other at North Texas, we were in a, we were briefly in a game together the first night, and when we saw each other the next night, we didn't have to say a word. He looked at me, I looked at him, we both knew, and it was just like. <laughs> He was like, "You're so you could see in his eyes. You are so full of shit, James." <laughs> that was the and next was, morning. That yeah, was hilarious. <laughs> I thought they farted again. You know. No, I just no. told you. I go, don't have to say a word. Now I know. And Eric yep. and I took off to go to breakfast. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, look forward to being. I wasn't even awake, and he like immediately called me on my bullshit, and I had to remember what bullshit I had made. I was like, "What? Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for this. Yes, uh, it was early because Eric and I are known as very early get risers. So. God, it was hilarious. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> glad to have you. Glad to have you, Hobbs. <laughs> You're not wrong, but it was a dick move, James. You weren't wrong to do yes, it. Thank you. <laughs> we need him on more often to keep James honest. Uh, uh, <laughs> That was a pretty good time. So, uh, uh, Tenkar, are are you going to uh, uh, Game Hole or not? I am going to Game Hole. Bill Bill Webb got Rich and I uh, a room. Good. uh, Because we had uh, backed out when we thought we had a little uh, medical issue to deal with. But uh, Bill took care of that. Uh, We got our flights. We have our our badges through Fraga. I will be a vendor. I will be working the frog guy table. So if you're Yay! looking for yes, and uh, just as a quick aside, uh, Swords and Witchery continue a light released on RPG Now uh, yesterday in, in PDF, and I should be going with a couple of dozen copies to Game Hole. It uh, also goes up. 
Yeah, they're going to be signed, numbered, limited game hall release. Cause, uh, I'll assume before we can get a print copy through uh, Amazon. Through, through Amazon, I get the uh, proofs they're telling me on, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if they are good, or at least good enough, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, they could be live that day or within a day or two. I'm not sure how long it takes. Good, because I'll, 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 I'll order a copy, you know. Thirty-five bucks or whatever, right? Well, um, you know, it, yeah. it's Prime shipping. So if you have Prime, you should be able to get them shipped for free. Uh, files are being uh, converted for uh, OBS, one bookshelf, and Lulu. Uh, that's going to probably take another couple of weeks before that goes live. Depending on where you live, especially in Europe, uh, Amazon will probably be a better way to get those things to you, from what I understand. So yeah, I just need one copy so I can do a review. <laughs> when are you getting I, in, Eric? Uh, we're coming in Wednesday around, I think, 6.30, 7 o'clock. Okay, good. We, we we got a direct flight from New York out to Madison, but coming back, I think we had to stop in Indianapolis and hang around for a few hours to get back to New York. So, That's awesome that you can actually get there uh, straight flight to Madison. Are you getting a car or what? Do you need a ride? What's the plan? Uh, once we get there, <laughs> um, Uber. Uh, figuring, Uber, yeah, yeah. Uber. Uber. <laughs> but uh, if I can get a ride, I think uh, it, I think did Rocky perhaps mention that? Oh, we'll see. As we get closer, I'll, I'll I'll find out exactly when we're arriving. And if I can get a ride, we would love it. All right. Well, I'm planning on going Wednesday, so if I do, I can probably get you. Or Sean from uh, Gaming and BS has a Uber as well. It's not really oh. Uber, obviously. It's just a Gaming and BS Uber, but. <laughs> Nice. If I, if I can get in there at uh, on Wednesday and set up my booth, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll be there with nothing to do anyway. So, well, that that works. Oh, you got your own booth. Yeah, well, I have a Hobbs and Friends of the OSR booth there. Oh, dude, that is awesome. Yeah, they set up. Uh, Alex Cammer actually contacted a few people, and uh, there's going to be a podcast mm-hmm. row. So, oh, oh nice. and I'm going to miss. Oh. Everybody's going to be broadcasting from the from the, that row. Uh, I don't wow. know about, about that, but we all have, we'll have booths like um, Misdirected Mark, um, uh-huh. Chris Steele's uh, podcast, which I think is tabletop gaming or something like that. It's mostly about board games, and then gaming and BS. And ah, I feel like there's going to be one more. Uh, down with D and D, the guys from Down with D and D will be there. Uh, I've been trying to get I've been trying to get Bad Mike to let us do a live like Thaco's Hammer or or something like that from North Texas, and that has yet to happen. So live on tape, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, so we recorded live earlier in front of a live audience, fresh from the freezer. Yes, Hobbs, I have a request. Yeah. I, I need a Hobbs and Friends of the OSR patch for my jacket. A patch? Mm-hmm. Okay. How, where do yeah, I get patches from? Uh, you go down to the drugstore. He's quitting smoking. Uh, I, I would murder people. I haven't decided what I was going to get. i got to get some swag. Yeah, um, exactly. Patrick swag. James, where are you going to fit more patches on your jacket? Dude, I've got it. rotate. It's only got fifty on it, and I have a second jacket that's blank. So <laughs> there you go. 
I just uh, I just ordered this week. Um, in the past two weeks, I've got patches related to let's see, got a bunch more D and D patches and MSR pat or D and D style patches to put on there. I would love. I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. If I can't get him down there, I'd love to have a picture of you in like the con parking lot with your with your jacket with all the patches on there, standing in front of full on gamers car with the millions of bumper stickers on it. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and what you, what you saw at, at, at the con, there's already mm-hmm. twice as many on the jacket with about 25 more ready to go on there. Wow. It's, it's, remember how the old one just said lawful good at the top on the back. Now the bottom says sons of Gygax. Hmm. That's a nice so, one. Um, so. so you keep your wife busy sewing, huh? I have a friend at work who will do it. Oh, cool! Oh. So, um, and then she she loves doing just, it. Just, just, um, just buy her a case of beer and say thank you. I I, 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 make, I bake her cookies or something like that. Okay, gentlemen, shall we? Shall we, Eric? Shall, shall we? Shall yes. All right. Ready? Three. Here, here we go, folks. Three, two, one. This is a oh, we're doing kick- we're doing the kick. Oh, sorry, I'm about to, uh, yeah, we're doing the Kickstarter thing. I I was gonna get into uh, you know, Jackie. I could have Jackie Mason introduce him to Kickstarter. Uh, maybe not. All right, uh, but we do have Kickstarter to discuss. Go ahead. They're out there. Um, first right. one that I have uh, lined up to give a quick uh, mention is Aliens and Asteroids. It's uh, sci-fi horror role-playing. Uh, it builds itself as a fast, uh, fairly simple system. Uh, it is basically Starship Troopers meets Aliens meets any of those sci-fi uh, stories that you are uh, thinking about. Buy-in is $10.00. For the uh, PDF, twenty-five if you want printed. You've got three weeks to go on it as we're recording this. Uh, I personally think it looks pretty good, and I'm pretty excited about it. And I like oh, yeah. simple. We know that. Well, that's why you're, I'm doing the show. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Glenn. But <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, Douglas Cole, uh, who was part of my B team when I used to run a, a second uh, gaming session during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has that Lost Hall of Tear. It's a 5e uh, adventure. He has uh, Swords and Wizardry conversion as a stretch goal. It is also there to highlight how Dungeon Grappling, his previous Kickstarter, which actually uh, was Swords and Wizardry compatible, uh, it brings grappling into your D20 gaming, and if you've been playing since like first edition like I have, uh, you know how horrible the unarmed and grappling rules were. Um, made no sense. Doug has found a way to write rules that work and make sense. So, Next book for Doug, Firearms. Oh, God, yeah. Big, firearms and D&D. There you go. Uh, there next, a, real, a really simple rule, a really simple way to do firearms and D&D. All right, where's the joke? Yeah, Don't there's the joke. Jo- the, yeah, you're just like Corey, I swear to God. Listen, here, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna write my firearms rule right now. All firearms do a D6. If you roll a six, the dice is exploding, but you never have time to reload within combat. There. And if you and if you roll a one, it explodes in your face. Well, if you roll a one, you roll another mm. die, and that's how much damage you take on a D6. Ah, okay. All right, good enough. There we go. Uh, 
Here, I'll, I'll mark that OTL on the uh, at the tavern later, so you can all can have it. Um, <laughs> Wait. I think I can remember that. Uh, James Shield, uh, he does amazing art. If you are, if you look at the uh, PDF release, like I said, for Swords and Wizard Continual Light, that color cover art, that was done by James Shield. It is amazing. James does amazing work. Uh, he is doing a Kickstarter for fantasy stock art and uh, RPG minis, so you can print out your own minis. Uh, if you are a, a small publisher or even a large publisher and you want access to great art and affordable price, this is certainly one hell of an option. He's a great guy. Yeah, uh, I want to take a minute to to ramble about Mr. Shields on this. Um, not only art, primary artist and the Dragon Galaxy edition, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the art that ha- seems to be unified, obviously the art in that book was done by him. Um, including there's like a group of duel between a Void Knight and a Star Knight in the very beginning. There's an awesome, uh, the Star Squirrel class picture is friggin' great. Um, all the him, a lot of the, 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 um, filler art is him. He's just, he's great. Um, and James was the one who went behind my back and started the, uh, GoFundMe to get me out to North Texas when I got nominated for the Three Castles. So, I mean... That's the kind of guy he is. He just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And I can't think of a night nice that's you know, I mean, there's there's like Pete Spawn. He does really good Kickstarters too. But mm-hmm. uh but you know, I don't know if he's anything going right now, so well, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, interestingly enough, no, <laughs> no Pete does. He has uh Horde of Verul, which is a, a source book and adventure for uh White Star. Uh listen source book. If, well, yeah, it's a source book. If anybody knows how to put together adventures and sandboxes, he's done it for uh, Labyrinth Lord for years. Done yes, he stuff. does. Oh, God, he's got great stuff for Labyrinth yeah, yeah. I still say his Amherst is the best thing out there. Um, it's just solid, solid stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he just produces quality writing and quality material. And he started this, you know, because he talked to me about it because he came to me and told me he wanted to make it compatible with Galaxy Edition before Galaxy Edition was even out. So I sent him a working draft. And um, he said normally his Kickstarters, he does them for like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. But um, he said he wanted to do the highest quality he could. He wanted to get the best art he could. So who did he go to for that? James Shields. And most of the money, for which he's aiming to get $3,000, um, is going to pay for art, to going to pay for original art to appear in this book. Uh, he's got 19 days left, got 960 bucks. Uh, his buy-ins include free PDFs. Um, he always does this thing where you can buy it at a level to get a custom NPC or location you know, of your choice kind of done up in, in conjunction with him in the book which I think is a great feature. He's got a bunch of backlog products as rewards from from Smallness Games' White Star line of products. Um, rewards include uh, free PDFs and at-cost print-on-demands. I know he's going to print through DriveThruRPG. And he wanted to work with me, like, personally. He came to the person and said, I want to make sure I get White Star Galaxy Edition and it's feel right. So he asked me to be directly involved. And, Yay! Yeah. 
So I, I, I'm directly involved in the process, and I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I mean, my only regret is that I'm going to know all the cool stuff in it before it's out. Well, that that's if you can have a regret, that's a good one to have. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, James is not related to Pete. Same name. Yeah, you oh. would think that, and they were both doing labyrinth board stuff at the same time. And you would think they must be related. Maybe they are like seventeen generations back, but. The seven yeah, degrees we, of spawn. We actually, there you go. actually did dig in the genealogy, and we found oh, out. Uh huh. Because spawn is such an uncommon name for two guys with the same name to show up with it in the same tiny niche of writing. Um, we we had to find out, and it's like five generations back by marriage at best. Wow. And that's what we wow. think maybe. So yeah, not yeah. No, so yeah, he's no. he's he's like he's like a, a like a. A cousin four times removed, or something. Wow, we can we can trace okay. it back to like when, when the spawns came over to America. There might have been a connection there. Maybe. Uh, that's that's that sounds a little disgusting, but okay. <laughs> when they spawned spawned over to America. Yeah. All right. So these guys aren't kissing cousins. Um, uh, no, that's my mother's side. That's the Appalachian side. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, last one I want to point out is the baby. Bestiary 2018 calendar. Um, I, I've picked these up the last. Uh, not had last year's. I'm not sure if they have one for 2016. Mm-hmm. I always get two copies. I get one for me and one for my niece because she loves it. Well, this year uh, they're using Travis Hansen for the art, and I love Travis's work. It is uh, perfect for a project like this where. You are looking at uh, baby monsters and trying to make them both uh, a little scary and a little approachable. So it's it's well done. Uh, you can get a calendar for twenty bucks uh, in print that includes a PDF of it. Or in my case, I got two calendars in print for thirty bucks because my niece would steal it otherwise. Of course, so, of course, and as well as she should. She stole some glow in the dark dice over the weekend. So, and that's your Kickstarter report. That's our Kickstarter report, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I would say that uh, I back (laughs) Heart of Earl myself for for like twenty five bucks. I think Uh, Pete Spawn is small niche games. I don't think you mentioned the company that he publishes. We forgot. But uh, he's got a ton of great stuff that he's done uh, for Labyrinth Lord. Nearby. I mean, aren't they the same people who did uh, Operation White Box and yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, White Lies? No, yeah, White, White Lies. Lies Bill Logan. White Lies. Was oh, okay, Bill people. Logan. All right, yeah, okay. But anyway, those uh, Operation White Box looks really cool, and I, and like you said, the mini uh, Labyrinth Lord products are uh, oh god, great, outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Operation uh, White Box what? is a great World War Two uh, hack adapting. Yeah, of of the Wizardry White Box. Yeah. And he's got great support out for it and in the way I don't know you can call it adventures or missions, but uh it was really yeah. well done. And by the way, there's your rules then for uh if you want to bring firearms into your fantasy. If you wanna put your chocolate with your true, uh, true. Yeah, peanut butter. Oh, I could do I could do that with night owl work raiders or freebooters or anything like that too. True. Yeah, it's all white box. Hey, let me ask a question here for of the of the uh, of the panel here. Um, Swords of Wizardry white box gets a lot of mention. Where do you mm. get it? I uh, uh, you'd have Lulu. to ask that. 
Uh, it's, I'm not even sure it's there anymore. No, it is. It is. I looked it up for somebody the other day. Okay. You can get it in print and PDF on Lulu. Okay. Uh, if you are... See, this one is just called White Box. I didn't know if that was the same one. No, uh, it's going to be in Matt... You'll know it because it's going to be in Matt Finch's. Matt Finch's? Uh, okay. Yeah, or Mythmere or whatever, whatever yep. he has it under. But yes, it's there. Uh, you can get, I believe, in hardcover and softcover. I believe uh-huh. once you get the PDF, it's free. I believe you can also download it through Lulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an RTF file floating around for, uh, I know, for Sword and Wizardry Core. I think there's also one for Sword and Wizardry White Box. I know I have both, and I'm, I've been given permission to share them out if, if anybody's looking for uh, uh, an editable document if you're looking to make your own hack of a Sword and Wizardry rule set. There's a guy on Goblin Emporium that was selling about 30 different uh, versions of White Box, Swords and Wizardry White Box, and you can get wow. the soft cover at uh, Lulu for nine ninety five. It's a good price. What was he yeah, trying to just, sell? Uh, All over the – because, I mean, he had some old ones, some new ones. Um, he had just a whole a whole bunch of them. Yeah, there's also uh, – I'm not sure if it's still up there, but there was a version of uh, – Towards which really white box rules that was not actually uh, being sold by uh, Matt Finch. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that when I found it. I'm like, oh, Matt's put these books up for five bucks. And then when I actually got it, and I went looked at the art, and I went, Ooh, wait a second, yeah, this was not actually. It, 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 it they just basically took the insides of, of Matt's stuff, and it, the hardcover is eighteen ninety nine. Now I'm assuming there's going to be some. Uh, Shipping, coupons? Out. Yeah, shipping, we, and there's all, but there's also coupons where you can yeah, get but, free. Yeah, right. but nine ninety five. If it's Lulu, uh, you know, you wait around or look around, yeah. you find coupons. You'll, you'll get a you know, twenty twenty five percent coupon. I mean, I have the hardcover, and <laughs> I, I I love that that cover. I have, I, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If, if you're if for the the official Frog God uh, releases, you know, or Matt Finch releases under uh, Swords and Wizardry. White box is excellent if you want to hack it. Uh, I'm sure Continual Light will be an excellent one to hack too, a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but complete is an extremely fun system to run if you grew up on one E because it really yeah. does a great job of feeling we're, like one E without the weight. We're one. We're running it right now. My group. Yeah, um, and uh, oh, <laughs> story I told you before, but Hobbs hasn't heard this. Um, I'm running a Monday game of uh, Swords and Wizardry. And so I have the hardback book. I backed the Kickstarter for the third printing. And I had the PDF. So I handed out the PDF to my players beforehand saying, okay, we're going to convert our characters from Tunnels and Trolls to this and continue. Uh, Don't ask. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because the conversion notes are just right there. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, one of the guys I talked to, he says, yeah, I got the PDF. And I said, what do you think? He says, I'm totally confused. I say, you're kidding. He's a 5e baby. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's D&D. You know, the original white box D&D. Yeah, but, and he pointed out a few things. It's like, okay. And I, after he played, he says, I didn't realize that could be so much fun and so easy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, there's a, I'm actually doing a play test that uses a white box chassis for another uh, straight Western game that Eric oh, yeah. Hoffman is writing. And I think uh, Jose is going to run Swordfish Isles. Have you guys seen that by Jacob Hurst? Uh, no. 
Uh, it's uh, pretty awesome, actually. Um, like they did a player's guide for it that it was like a journal from someone who was exploring it, and all the players can use that. And so instead of um, just you know trying to from rumors trying to decide what you want to do in a sandbox or a hex crawl you actually all the players have this book so they have the information that this explorer has and so you can go and look for those specific things instead of having the quests or uh, rumors or whatever so and all the players supposedly could have that and then there's also another book called the dark which is the gm's book so it's and the production value on it is super awesome so it was a Kickstarter, but it's it's been done, and he was also selling them at Gen Con. So uh, I think that's what our next uh, Hex talk is going to be. We're going to talk about that as a player, and then we're going to play it for a while, and then we'll talk about it as, ah. uh, you know, kind of deep dive into it. It's, it's, it's actually really good. The art is all done by one guy, so it's all tied together, which is nice, you know. It's cool to see different art, but at the same time, there's, a, there's an aspect there is, of there is the same author. Yeah, okay. go ahead. There is something about having the same artist to do most, most if not all of the pieces in a book. It just like I loved having James be the art director for Galaxy Edition. Um, somehow he ended up picking my brain, and like he, his art just summed up exactly how I imagined White Star looking at him as art director and kind of creating creating a unified vision. Just it, it, it ends a subtle air of I guess professionalism to it. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know if professionalism is the word I would use, but certainly, you know, it's like a rug that ties the room together, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the players do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm using definitely uh, uh, the guys that I play with. We're using uh, White Box and uh, Swords and Wizardry Complete. So it's something that. Uh, I definitely turn people towards if I'm not playing BX, then that's probably the next thing that I would say. Mm, okay, cool. That would be, that would sounds like a lot of fun actually. Uh, so uh, gentlemen, yeah, what yeah. is our topic? I think James had a topic. I did. And we didn't really get to, to, uh, I didn't get specified because we were having, well, I was having technical difficulties. Well, what was it? I'm curious. Um, we, you had brought up the idea of retro clones, and I noticed there's something somebody once called uh, White Star a neo clone, and I thought that was such an interesting term. And the idea of that being these were games that use OSR conventions and OSR style to create a game that didn't exist <clears throat> in the era when old school was not old, but okay, but. If it had, it would have functioned like you know X, Y, or Z. Right. It's, it's like, I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And I think Night Owl took that and ran with it because it, their intro is always, "What if Gary and Dave created it for this?" Exactly. And that Night Owl was one of the people I, I first thought of. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, uh, yeah, I first ran into the Neo thing with film because I'm a film buff. And one of my favorite films is Chinatown, and people have called it a neo-noir. Yes. And so I had to look that up. Is Oh, okay, it's a film noir not not made in the period. I mean, it's made in period, but it wasn't made. It was made in the 70s and not the 40s and 50s. Exactly. exactly. So everything outside of that is a neo-noir, okay, neo-clone. I can. I mean, you could go like Lamentations of the Flame Princess is the same way for me. 
Yeah, you could certainly argue that, that Lamentations might be an example of Lamentations, that. Astonishing Swordsman, you know, where they take it and either they tweak the whole thing or they just take bits and pieces and make their own framework around it. Right, because you have clones that are trying to, uh, I don't know, uh, replicate or at least the feel of BX or original D&D or 1E, like with mm-hmm. Osric, uh Azric, Labyrinth Lord, Sword and Wizardry. I mean, Sword and, Wizard, Sword and Wizardry. Uh, castles you know, and Crusades. Castles, castles and Crusades, yeah. And Castles and Crusades is a weird one because to me, it, it is like there's an evolution that l- leads to the OSR. It It's like Neo OSR. It's like, it, it, or for or, uh, the, well, primor- I was the of- primoral OSR. It's like, it's still holding on to a lot of its 3, 3E, 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 stuff, but at the same time, it's got a one-y feel, so it's... That's why I call it the third, edi- the third edition clone that should have been. Yeah, you, you know, it, it it very well might be. I mean, that's... Yeah. I uh, I have so many different printings of uh, CNC. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, I have every... I Actually, I have every printing of CNC from the first printing. Troll Lord uh, doesn't like me every time they mention a new a new edition. I go, when's a, tr- when's a flip book coming back? Uh, I think I have two copies of the flip. The flip book is Have you guys ever heard the term first wave or when they talk about waves of uh, retro clones? um, Yes, I have. I don't know how accurate that is, but your definition of neo-clone, I mean, that would almost do all of the retro clones except for Osric because that's really the only exact replica, right? And even Osric is not an exact not exactly. 99.9%. I would say I would say 98% because it does away <laughs> with uh, you know the weapon speed and the armor versus weapon versus armor. Thank the you. That, the stuff that we never used that we and we didn't call it house ruling. We just called we, we just ignored the rules because they made no sense and we couldn't. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I, I but now think of the funny thing about Osric. You have to remember too is that the first edition of Osric was written as a publisher's tool, and they never thought people would actually want the book at their table. Correct. And once people wanted it at their table, they're like, oh, we got to make this actually look a game better. <laughs> yeah, you got it's got to be, you know, we got to represent this. And uh, Stuart Marshall and, and Matt Finch, they, they're the ones that God brought bless. it in. And, and listen, they're the ones that, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the OSR as it is because True. they literally opened the door to, oh, look, Wizards of the Coast is not going to sue us for replicating <laughs> old-school gaming using the... The judge OSR. said so. The judge said so. Well, it never came to the judge, but uh, no, it, it, we got to... That's really where if you're going to put, you know, what the OSR... Yes, we, we owe people like uh, Gary and Dave and all the others from the early days, but we wouldn't have the well, revival, yeah, the Renaissance that we have without uh, Matt and Stewart. Well, the fir- when you're talking about waves, you got to take it back because retro clones were originally Osric aside. Retro clone, actually, this part of Osric too was created because because people were saying people want to go back and play these old games, but they're they're go- they're out of print and they're running out of them. So we better do something. 
And so the first wave of retro clones was 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 created. That was the original. Well, after that happened, then you get stuff like Lamentations or Astonishing Swordsman and stuff like. And I could see that going that way, which is cool because if you could take the old stuff and make something new out of it, I love it. Well, another thing too is that the original, you know, like when you look at Labyrinth Lord, uh, you look at Swordsman's Recore, you look at uh, Osric, They were all rewrites of the older D and D systems to yes. be more be written with modern sensibility, uh, right. not written in this weird war gamers code and, and, and better it, layout, better layout. And it just simply made it more accessible. For yeah. people to go. And, and, you know, there's also the, if it's in print, if it's new, that's cool to play. There's, there's yeah. an aspect too. Well, it's yeah. definitely a lot easier to get other people into it. They can buy their own stuff. Yep. If all you're dealing with is old, uh, you know, screenings or whatever scans, then it sucks. And that's yeah, right. all we had for quite a while. So yeah, and you or mentioned you, I, go ahead, Glenn. No, 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 no. Or you had the what? I had to go on eBay and and you know find a copy exactly. that would just beat to hell and pay you know twenty five thirty bucks after shipping. And or be it yeah for a common book. And be, or be at the right or be at the right place at the right time. <clears throat> Half price book. So James, you mentioned that they said that uh, White Star was a neo clone. Is that saying that you don't think that uh, there was a game like White Star in existence then in the eighties? I um well, given that it's based off of seventy four era D anD was not alive then. <laughs> so I yeah don't- baby. Well, so yeah. you were so you were a retro clone. You could say that. You could say that. <laughs> I, I, I had an older brother. I have an older brother. So yeah, you could say a retro clone um, who played D D. So yeah, um, <laughs> he got me into it. And um, I mean, there were space games, right? You had space yeah. opera. You had Traveler, Traveler. And Star Frontiers. I mean, but nothing was actually working off of D twenty. You know, nothing was built nothing was off, working of, off of the seventy four engine, right? I think that was what this person was trying to infer. And I, I don't think it's an inaccurate term, but I think it's an incomplete term. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we might, because I use the term neo-grognard for myself, honestly, because I'm definitely not a grognard. I wasn't writing for TSR. I wasn't, I was playing games then, but. Um, That's enough cred for me. You're a grognard. <laughs> That's how I do it. I'm sick. I don't know. That's how I do it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I didn't really start doing OSR games until maybe five, six years ago at the most. Yep, yeah, same here. Um, I, I, I turned to the OSR when Pathfinder came out. Yeah. <laughs> Smart um, guy. I was just, well, I can remember the exact moment that I became an OSR guy to the minute. I got asked by my local group to run a game of Pathfinder. Okay. I really didn't want to because Pathfinder. Um, and I said, because, it, I mean, to be frank, my biggest problem with third edition is the feet glut. There's yeah. so many ancillary rules. And I said to my players, I said, all right, I'll run Rise of the Rune Lords, but you can only use the core book. Because let's just keep it simple. And one of my players begged to use some class of like the advanced <clears throat> player's guide or something like that. And I was like, okay, if you, well, that's it. That's it. We're done. You know, that's it. And we were in a combat in like the second session. And he said, he said, wait, I want to use this ability. And he spent 20 minutes 
looking through the book, looking for his special ability, finally found it and said, no, wait, I don't want to use that. Mm. (laughs) It ground everything to a halt. And I was just like, and that was the moment I was like, no, like within two weeks, I'd sold all my Pathfinder books. I was just like, I'm done. done." And um, I actually, because there's there's a belief in the group that, if players want to play something and the person who is, because generally most groups I have found in my experience, and I could be wrong here, there's one or two guys who are always the GM. Right. Yeah, usually. Um, and I, for me, it's it's always me. Um, usually because I'm the most experienced person at the table. Um, and it doesn't get any better once you start writing. People are like, oh, you're a professional. I don't want to, you know, they're all intimidated, which is a BS excuse. I'm no different than anybody else. But anyway, I digress. So I realized that just because I know how to run a game, and my players want to play it does not obligate me to play it does not, or does not obligate True. me to run it. And finally True. I sat down with them and I, and, and I, I said to them after three or four sessions, I said, look, I'm not having fun period. And the game is about everyone having fun. And that includes me. And I'm not, oh, yeah, for sure. and I'm not having fun. I said, to them, I said, look, I want to play this. And I pulled out the labyrinth Lord core book and I held it up. And they looked at it like it was, a, you know, satanic Bible. Because they're like, they're like, is that the player's guide? And I was like, no, this is the player's guide, the monster book, the DM book, everything in one book. They're like, it's only 140 pages. I was like, yeah, it's great. And, <laughs> and they said, yeah, isn't that nice? They said, you, you can't play that. That's not even a complete game. And I said, I'll tell you what. And they started flipping through it. And they see classes that take one half of a page for the whole class. And they're like, there's nothing here. And I said, I'll tell you what, guys. Let me run three sessions of it. You don't mm-hmm. like it? I'll never bring it up again. Now, there's a dirty trick there. You run something for wow. three sessions with a group of players who at least commit on some level to a game, if they're in your role playing or they like, you know, getting into their character's head or whatever. No matter what they're playing, after three sessions, they like their character. True. I'm not playing. So, and I said to them, I said, I'll make you a bet and prove that this works. And they said, how? I said, I'll bet you that in the first session we make characters for this, we can make characters in 15 minutes and get through at least half of a module. And one guy literally said, that's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Little do they know. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, try me. Three sessions. If you don't like it, we'll never bring it again. Um, Several people in that group, um, when I get a chance to play locally, I still play with them. And one guy from the day we started playing that Labyrinth Lord campaign umpteen five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. His Pathfinder books have sat in the same corner for six years <laughs> and not moved. And he'll look at me wow. like, when we playing Labyrinth Lord again, man, when we playing Labyrinth Lord again, you know, he, he, he's still chomping at the bit too, as he puts it, quote unquote, beat Barrow Maze. And I just laugh every time. <laughs> and that was a good choice too. Yeah. Oh, Barrow Maze is great. Um, speaking of Kickstarter, Greg Gillespie's uh, new sequel to Barrow... Well, it's not a sequel. It's an, it's His new Mega Dungeon is kicking ass over on RPG now. Really? Ticket's still uh, number one seller, right? It's number yeah. one bestseller. And I've it's heard awesome. it's very good. It is. I, I backed it. I, I back maybe one or two Kickstarters a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I backed it um, because I backed Barrow Maze, and Barrow Maze Complete was... $80 Kickstarter for one book. People are like, oh my god, how can you pay that? Um, I've, yeah. gotten, I've gotten years of use 
out of Barrow Maze 1 and 2 and therefore complete as well. So for the price I paid versus the amount of use I've gotten out of that product, worth every penny. And the minute I found out he was doing a second one, I was on board. And he's already talking next summer about announcing his third one, and I guarantee I'll be on board with that. I'm uh, I'm I'm going to be rooming with him in North Texas. I'm going to see if he brought a few copies to complete with him. He probably did. I'm hoping he did anyway. Yeah. What's the name of that? Caverns of Archia or Arachia? Or Forbidden Arachia? Caverns of Arachia. Ar- Ar- I can't pronounce Ar- Ar- Ch- A-R-C-H-A-I-A. I can't pronounce it. I'm not going to try. Arcasia. Arcacia, with no S, Archaea, 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 I say Archaea, Archaea, Try and pronounce the hidden shrine of Tamakan, Tan, Khan. I just call it the Forbidden Shrine. Everybody just calls it the Hidden Shrine. I'm not Hidden Shrine, yeah, Tamakan, Well, I did an interview with Frank Menser not too long ago that came out on my podcast, and he called it Sojkanth, I think. Oh, no, you're thinking Tom Awaken, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he pronounced but like both of those on the podcast. It's like, oh, man, that's something I should remember, but I've obviously already forgotten. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's an audio recording. Of it. Go back and check. Yeah, yeah. that's what I heard. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Did we do that? Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Oh, oh my God. Anyway, where were we? Neo clones, retro. So, what are we in the second wave of retro clones or something? I, or I don't even know if it, if you could call it, a, but you know there are there are a number of you know games like you were mentioning before when, that are built off like Swords and Wizardry. Right. Swords and Wizardry rule, and they 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 hack it, which is fine. It's a, it's OGL. It's it's all those rules. That go with do what you will. And I think to me, uh, whether that's another wave or that's just an extension, um, I I love it. I love to see the hacks. I mean, uh, there, there's a slasher hack for uh, Swords of Wizardry Light, mm-hmm. four page supplement for free. That's uh, I guess released because it's the it's October, it's Halloween. A slasher what? hack for, for Light. I mean, that's awesome. Well, yeah, and like Eric Bloat just funded his. Uh... Oh God, I'm totally blanking. Survive, survive, survive this. Yep, dark places, um, dark places, and demigorgons, which yeah. is a swords and wizardry hack to basically play a Stranger Things style RPG. Oh God, I just saw something about that. Yes, yeah, mm. I've seen the PDF. It's pretty slick. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, then there's what the black well, black hack. There's, well, there's, black, the, there's yeah. a black hack, and then there's the everything hack. Like there's been right. everything's been black hack. It's oh my God. Yeah, I I used uh, what I, I think I have. Somebody sent me the black hack. And there's a Cthulhu hack, black hack. Oh, there's a cat hack for the black hat. There's, there's everything, dude. Is the black dude. hack actually OSR, though? Uh, <laughs> if, if, in, in my opinion, no. I, I, I think it's a great piece of work, but I don't see it as OSR. Now, but I'm the kind of person, that, but I'll also say like something like, you know, well, yeah, Original Traveler is definitely OSR. So would I, you know, I don't, so I don't have to say everything it has to be derived from, uh, the OGL and the original editions that were out in the seventies. I don't feel that way. Oh, well, he's not, it's not well, the original editions of D of D and D, but yeah. the black hack, 
I think steps very far away from traditional OSR material that we would traditionally well, see, consider. See, you got, so, yeah, what I see is like the OSR kind of blends in with the, uh, you know, indie game. Uh, it, it, absolutely. It, 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 it does, and there are games out there like uh, Polyhedral Dungeon by uh, Jason Paul McCartan, mm-hmm. which has new mechanics, but has a huge old school feel to it when you play. Uh, Far Away Land by uh, Dirk Stanley. So, yeah. I, I, I love that game immensely. It is such a blast to play. It, the mechanics are very simple. They are definitely not D&D mechanics, but you can see that it's so inspired by D&D behind it. It right. feels very OSR. There is a gray area, but yes. there's, there's, there's also an area where you can go... See that- I mentioned the gray area because, to me, there's three different categories of clones. There's the normal retro clone, just straight up, this is a clone of D&D or whatever, some D&D. Secondly is the neo-clones, you guys are about, where they tweak it and they, Mm -hmm. you know, put some other, change some stuff in there. And then there's the clones that are, like, totally different mechanics, but they give you the feel of the oldest are well, but then the oldest in that case they're not a clone though it, no i know i mean that would be the that would be the first thing from a clone but they're trying for that feel they're trying so for the, the clone, so basically you're, for what, the clone what is that the, the ingredients aren't osr but the taste is yes okay you might even be starting with an osr broth if you will like you take the core mechanic or the, the, the basis of the core mechanic, but use it, extrapolate it in a different way than the original game did to accomplish a result. A little seasoning here, a little seasoning yeah. there. Mix. Yeah, so, I, I'm working on an homage to a game right now that I'm not going to say anything else on, and I'm, keep, I'm, I'm using the core mechanics presented in that game. Um, rephrasing and tightening up some stuff, and then all of the subsystems I'm redoing because they're, they're effed. <laughs> so, Glenn, what do you call this third group? And is that third group in the OSR or not? Well, that's why I said it kind of, there's, like I said, he said there's a gray area. That's more in the indie game. Yeah, right? I would say it's more of a story game. You're talking like Dungeon World, White Hack, Black Hack, all those. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of them going. They're really trying real hard to get that grognardy old school guy, but they're doing things differently. Uh, the funny thing about that is, is you get to the same place, right? Yes. But the manner yes. that you get there is differently, so the journey is different. Um, right. But I think they are trying to do the same exact thing, which is pretty yeah. interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's close. I mean, the gap between story gamer and trad gamer is not as big as some people would make you think or want you to think. Right. Well, um, I've seen. So I've seen all of that is is trash. Well, I, I think that the... I'm not the, saying the games are trash. I'm saying the gap that people are creating is trash. Well, I think you're right, right. in a way because um, I, I think the bigger wall is um, OSR gaming versus uh, the true way a lot of these old school games were played, which was more like on a wargaming scale. Uh, yeah. And I think that when you, when you look... I think that gap is, is huge. I mean, I... When I run my Swords and Wizards Real Life campaign with my, my friend local game store, uh, I don't even use a battle map. I, I tell my players, you want to bring up miniatures, great. That shows me a marching order. But I'm not, well, you know, it's theater of the mind. And uh, yeah. 
I mean, actually, we used theater of the mind mostly when we played because we didn't have money for miniatures, and we didn't have enough dice to pretend that our dice were miniatures. So yeah, we used theater of the mind back then too. But uh, I knew a lot of groups that didn't. A lot of groups that, especially back in the early '80s, where everything was done out. Like they they would get the uh, what do you call it, the butcher paper, and do their own grid on it, mm-hmm. and put and put the minis on that, and then it was like. Wow, this was a bit too intense for me. <laughs> uh, we didn't, we've never we've never done that, but I've seen us like, you know, not use minis, but you got the guy with the who's the mapper who puts just put a piece of graph paper in the middle of the table, and he says, "Okay, you find this." So the guy draws a table. And says, okay, this you know that kind of thing. It's just uh, scrap paper and pen. You know? Yeah, we would use a piece of paper, draw the room, and then draw X's for the players and C for whatever, you know. We would do that, and then we got miniatures. And now you play on Roll20, and some people use dynamic lighting and miniatures yeah. for every character and make these extensive maps. I, I'm one of those guys. Um, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Glenn isn't. <laughs> and, and well, no, I, to tell you the truth, I, I have trouble even paint measures um my friend matt i'm, I'm going to matt matt evans who wrote MacArthur. mcarthur i'm going to his game tomorrow night and let me tell you he gets heavy into the the terrain and the the, the he makes his own dungeon pieces and all this other i mean i commend him but matt all you have to do is throw out a battle mat there and get some pens you know <laughs> yeah some people me. like that some people really enjoy that tactile uh aspect of the game of move miniatures around oh, and yeah. it really I don't. Oh yeah, it, it it can slow a game down, I guess, if you're worried about exact positioning. But I've never played it that way. Usually, right. it actually speeds a game up because it shows people where you are, and it's easier. You can just look at it. And you know, you don't have to say, "Okay, I want to shoot at this guy," and then the GM says, "Well, you can't because this, this, this are in the way, or this is what the environment is like." Because I don't care how good of a GM you are in the theater of the mind, it's not always um, yeah oh, it, possible it, it, to explain right. it right. Well, right. not it. And we've all played with that one guy, and in my case, it was a girl, who said, oh, no, I wasn't there. I was over here. Greg Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might have been playing a girl at the time. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, a, a, a true story here. Uh, Roll20, a couple of years ago, reached out to me because they knew I was posting about my Roll20 stuff on a tavern. And they said, listen, uh, we'd love to, have, you know, if you could record one of your game sessions, we'd love to, you know. First off, I, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I'd have so many unemployed friends if I did that. But not only that, um, I, I said to them, I go, listen, just so you understand, although I, I use maps and I use Fog of War, I go, I barely use any drop-in graphics. And I don't use tokens. Because my experience with, with tokens was from uh, Fantasy Grounds 2, which I was always a player, never a DM, because mm-hmm. I could never figure out how to program on that thing. But uh, our games would always slow down because although everybody was active and paying attention, they suddenly would always forget to move their damn token. And the map would scroll and be like, oh, hey, where's John? John, you know, it's like, yeah, you forgot to move your token. Oh, and you're going to go back and, and you have to fly. It's like, no. No, I I don't need it, but I run a f- generally a faster paced game. You know, if if it really came down to it, I'm sure I would be like, all right, I'll draw out your combat scenario. If I had if I had a big huge 
DCC type of combat going on, I probably need tokens. You know, it's like, oh my god, there's 300 uh, <laughs> statues coming at us. And we're only here alone. <laughs> well, here. I, will say, I will say this about Roll20, because Eric, uh, that's pretty much how, when we were playing the Star Wars D6 game, I think the only token we moved around was the droid you guys were following around because yeah. it was assumed everybody was somewhere near that droid. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. But the amount of campaign prep you can do so you don't have to do oh, it's am- and it's it's amazing and it isn't like you need to know programming language. Nope. Which fantasy grounds you felt like you had to. The only thing you need to understand with Roll Twenty is what layer your stuff is on. That's all you get half the time. Once you, figure out, once you okay. figure out the layers, you're fine. There's almost nothing else learned. Yeah, okay, that's, that's accurate. That's that's something that can definitely happen. You know, Thaco's Hammer would do like APs once in a while, or just play. And the the downside for Brian, who was usually the GM, is the fact so he would put a map up there of uh, something, and then I would come over uh, like a sign that said "free beer" and point it at it at one of the rooms, and you know things like that. So there's that too. Well, this free beer, man, you should have invited the rest of us, dude. One put one one time I put in one room. Uh, Dead, dead ogre storage. Oh Jesus! Tonight, uh, folks. Tonight, folks. Yeah. Stay for the veal. The veal is great. The jokes. So, uh, tip, tip your waitress. Oh God. Anyway. Or tip her over. Uh, yeah, I know. Something like I'm not going that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> went far enough. Anyway, what were we talking? What the hell were we talking about? All right. I I think we did a pretty good job talking about. It. We were talking I, about poems. I want to hit on something that Jason talked about earlier about the. The story game versus uh, old school gamer thing. Well, I I I, I think fun, it's well. What I think is funny about it is that when I mentioned the third game, he called them all story games. I've seen games like that that aren't story games, but are still mm-hmm. not really OSR. But they try and get the feel of it. None come to mind right now, but there are. I was going to say name one. I was going to say name one because I'm not sure. I found one called called Old School, O L D S K O O L, and it was it was probably the most Gonzo thing I ever read, but it wasn't OSR. Before I I got involved in the OSR, I considered I would have considered myself a quote unquote story gamer. You know, I have a tattoo on my body from Vampire the Masquerade. I met my wife at a White Wolf game. Bite here? Huh? No, no, Bite no. Here? no, no. One of the clan symbols on my arm. Oh, okay. um, you know, I played, you know, these esoteric, you know, I was esoteric, but these just games that were totally driven by story and genre convention and character motivation. There's one out there called My Life with Master. I was a playtester for that, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Like I was entrenched in story gaming, but I always loved Dean. Um, and I got sick of all the rules getting in the way of the story. And that led me to the OSR. Because I realized I don't need this crap to yep. tell a good story. Right. Um, so the, the, the fact that there's this whole OSR gaming versus story gaming, I, I feel like that is a, I think the right term here, a, a fabricated divide. Yep. Built off of actual politics as opposed to in the game stuff. Mm-hmm. Why does this sound familiar? Well, because it, it, it's true. Um, and, you know, if you if you don't like the way someone games, just their general style, mm-hmm. don't play with them. Don't play with them. Yeah. If 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 they're not being emotionally abusive or an asshole to anyone else at the table, you can't tell them they're having wrong bad fun. Maybe they're just not having the fun that you like, the way you like to have fun. So okay, that's fine. 
Like you, yeah. You're not required to game with anybody. That's right. Nope. I still remember, oh, God, it was very popular six, seven years ago. I think my pretty much shortly after I started my blog, I used to always happen to see uh, people complain, whether it was on Google Plus or wherever, that, uh, you know, uh, my group, uh, it, it, this person sucks and this person is an ass, but, you know, bad gaming is better than no gaming. You know what? That's bullshit. I, I've, I, you know, those 30 years I've been gaming, I, there have been times where I just, the people I, the, who wanted a game, it's like, uh-uh. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd rather have no game than game with people that I don't like. Why would you, why would you socialize with people that you don't, enjoy spending time with you don't have to uh, agree on politics and religion because you're not going to be discussing it yeah as long as you can sit at the table and have a good time with each other but if somebody is an asshole in real life they're going to be an asshole in the game and that's somebody you don't need <laughs> and that's the problem like i i ran a a you want to talk about a, a, a not an osr game at all you know i ran fantasy flights star wars which is okay. an awesome game Captures the feel of Star Wars better than any version of Star Wars RPGs before. Um, sorry, it does. Doesn't make it a better or worse game. You can, it's a lot easier to learn D6, I'll say that. But Fantasy mm-hmm. Flight, if you take them to learn it, captures Star Wars perfectly. Um, but that being said, that's sorry, digression. 18 months I played with these people. It was a group of five with three really core showed up every week players. And every single week, there was a political argument. Wow. Initiated and antagonized by one person and the other person (laughs) actively trying to refocus on the game to the point where the antagonizing player said, anyone who took XYZ political action is an asshole. I'm not going to say what politics side of it it was or what it wasn't because it's not important. Knowing that the person sitting across the table from him, the person who had been inviting him into his home every week, the person who not 10 minutes ago sat a home-cooked meal he made with his own two hands in front of him, had done that exactly. Mm-hmm. And at that point, and, and the guy was too classy to say anything because he didn't want to ruin the game, the atmosphere of fun for the game. Mm-hmm. But his feelings were hurt, and rightfully so. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I disbanded the group over that because when I told the one player who was being rude, I brought it up once I was looking, you need to stop, you need to stop, you need to stop, you need to stop. Um, and he said, no, 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 please, please don't kick me out of the group. I was like, well, then you need to curb yourself. And he said, well, you know, you can't, you can't stop me from saying how I feel. You, know, you can't censor me like that. And I was like, if that's the and, and I would, I went to the to the other players in the group, and everyone was just kind of like, except the guy whose feelings were hurt was like, eh, whatever. And I, I felt like they, the majority of them, were wrong because they wouldn't take, they were didn't have the balls to look at the guy who was wrong and say, "You're being an asshole. Stop it," because they didn't want to rock the boat. Yeah, dude, you need to shut the fuck up. That's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And, and, and I ended up disbanding the group over it. Like, now, as soon as that group was disbanded, I went to the one guy who was, like, the guy who would cook you dinner. And I was like, dude, we're not done. We're going to find a group where we're going to keep playing. Fuck those guys. 
Get some new players. Go. Yeah. Well, it, you say that, but it's not as easy. Oh, I know. But you got to put in the legwork. Well, yeah, uh, you do. But you know what I'm saying. I, I do, and but it's still frustrating, you know, because when when that group was on, when they were focused on the game, they were fantastic. One of the best gaming groups I ever played with. That's a shame. That is really it, a shame. It, was, it really was because when they got together on the game and they focused on the game, everybody had fun. But as soon as anything real world or political got brought, it was like, I'm just going to flush every kind of fun you just had over the past two hours down the toilet. And this guy was going out of his way. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It it, it really is. Um, I don't remember how this conversation started. I was trying to make a point, but you made a good point. Yeah, you did. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I still remember uh, back in my early college days, we had a player in a group that you don't always know everybody that you're allowing into the group. And then you realize the person is an ass. And mm-hmm. uh, after three sessions, we uh, disbanded the group. And once the guy walked away, we reformed the group. <laughs> and we're just like, we got to end this so we can bring it back. Really? See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against that because then that guy gets to think him being an asshole was okay. I, if everybody's willing to, to to together behind this guy's back after it's all broken up, I feel like you're better off going to Bob or whatever his name is and going, look, you're an asshole and we don't want to game with you anymore. Or your style of game doesn't suit us. You need to find another group. Uh, listen, at 50, I would certainly do it your way. At the age of 19, I did Fair enough. Have... Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, okay. Well, last year, I think it was last year, I had to kick a guy out of our regular game. Because he was just irritating the hell out of everybody, and uh, so yeah, I, I I get where you're going there. And it's hard because you you know most people don't take joy in doing that kind of thing or hurting someone else's feelings. And it does. No, I don't. Yeah, but sometimes it's it's necessary um, because everybody's everybody's there to have fun, and as soon as a game starts feeling like work or you start dreading it, like there have been mm-hmm. games that I came with where I'm like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. Then you go and you don't have any fun. You're like, why am I bothering? And that, what am I doing? That, that can lead to extraordinarily bad results. And it I don't could. Mean, I, you want to talk about it could. I had a game like that I was in where after three sessions of being like, I don't want to go, one of the other players physically attacked me with a butcher knife. <clears throat> so, yeah, it can go bad. I hope you're wearing your jacket with all the patches on. Got to have some armor. Yeah. I was 19. I was an idiot. God almighty. Guy, guy came after me with a butcher knife over, over a wrist game. Oh, a wrist game? Riffs. Oh, riffs. I was going to oh, say, well, riffs, come on. So, so what you're telling me is he was playing a crazy, right? Um, In real life. Okay. Oh, those are the worst. Absolutely. You know, he worst. had a little, he still had a little, uh, what was it, MDC of the crazy, I think. I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I... But, but either way, the point is you don't have to game with assholes just so you can No, you don't. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. But where were we? Something about neoclones? Yeah, no. <laughs> listen, I, I, as I've stated before, and I'll state it again, uh, this podcast is, uh, we might not talk about sandboxes, but you experience a sandbox in this podcast. I think we have a title, though, <laughs> Neoclones and Assholes. Oh, my. Hey, we, we found another podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> Clones and assholes. I think that's a great title. I like retro clones and assholes, but yeah, okay. No, I like the neo clones. 
because it has a little bit of a more evil sense to it. Neoglo. You think so? Yeah. At least if you said it, if you say it with the right voice, retro clones <laughs> are just retro clones. But yes, neo clones, neo clones, and Retro clones sound old and as if they have no energy. Neo clones right. are motivated to death. Yeah. There you go. Or we're just a bunch yeah. of neo clones and axles. Excellent. Excellent, Smith. There we go. You know there what? That's going to be my next thought and wizard continue light hat. I'm going to do neo clones and assholes. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say The Simpsons. No, no. And, oh, that would be an interesting hack, wouldn't? But I don't, I don't watch it enough to be accurate. I'm still working on Savage Ducktales. So, Ducktales. There's a oh. request campaign waiting to happen. Oh God! <laughs> I want to play a duck. A rich duck. Oh, yep. A rich adventurous duck. I am an anthropomorphic duck. <laughs> So, James, you didn't really say what you're playing right now. It seems like everyone else has mentioned that, but you haven't really said. Um, I played over the a second of a rotating GM based on who's available because we all kind of have chaotic lives. Um, when I'm running I'm in the same group, yeah, Eric's in the same group with me. Um, when I'm running, I'm running a Star Wars D6 First Edition game. Yay! Which is a, a friggin' blast. Um, oh God! Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um. And when I'm not running, uh, usually there's another guy, Dave, and he runs uh, Low Fantasy Gaming, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, hmm, really? With broad heading of. That's David B. you're talking about? Yes. David B. has been running uh, Low Fantasy. Yeah, I've been, I run uh, Sword with Continue Light. Uh, Jason Paul McCartan uh, kicked up with Warhammer 1E fantasy roleplay. Oh, nice. Um, what about Brasco? Isn't he still playing in that? Oh, he's in the group. He 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 ran uh, DCC. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. What? What? No, I don't like DCC. Hey, Hobbs. Hobbs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Today your birthday. Uh, it is where you are, but where I'm at, not yet. Yeah, it is. Well, son, of a, is. Well, son yeah. of a bitch, happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah, it is actually October 18th. Is, uh, so, is so, you, so, you lo- you so, you, so you leveled up to what? 47. 47th level. Wow. You Which get is your funny, because when I met You home, get your own uh, domain now, and you're cast. Get your followers. I didn't get Jack when I turned fifty. I'm the master of my own domain. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear about the bathroom. But well, um, the first time I met Hobbs in person, I thought he was about ten years younger. Whoa, really? The way he carries himself, like it's, I think, I think I love you to death, Jason. But I think deep down inside, you're a very, very angry man. <laughs> you always come off as just having a spring in your step and being very happy and youthful and I'm worried one day you're going to have developed you know skills with a long range firearm device and I'm going to be in the wrong area at the wrong time <laughs> jeez I don't know what you're saying right now now, 
Now, are we talking about like Frank Mincer youthful where he appreciates youth? Or are we talking about Errol Otis youthful who's like going around saying, hey, I feel like I'm still 16. Yeah, Errol Otis youthful. Like, like uh, the first time I, 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 I was physically in Jason's presence, he just seems happy and energetic. And he's got this infectious smile and this infectious venereal disease. It's great. Venereal disease. Oh, sorry. Wow. I, I didn't mean to put that last part. I'm sorry, Jason. No we'll, 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 we'll take that out with the editing. Uh, sure, sure, sure we will. Listen, I didn't have that bounce in my step when I was on my Look, 20s. guys, we accidentally got an adult rating on our first episode after trying not to. So let's just right. make the best of that. Because, because apparently talking about suppositories is, well, is enough to get you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, they're still going, but everything else stays in. Dude, that's great because you actually censored yourself on that one. So we're going to assume that everything stays <laughs> no, in. Hey, hey, I, hey I, this, you know, this, this ain't my first podcast rodeo. So uh-huh. here, here, tuckety tuck tuck. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you're and, very uh, tuckety tuck tuck. Uh, yeah. You doing anything cool for your work there? Um, I'm probably going to be working on uh, my convention game. Uh, I got drunk a little while ago, about a month ago. Uh, I mean, supposed to come then. up with them, <laughs> but uh, I, I signed up for Gauntlet Con. Have you guys heard of this thing? No, no. you tell. Tell it, us about it. The Gauntlet is a podcast network. Okay, you ever heard of the Gauntlet? They have an OSR podcast called uh, Fear the Green. Fear the, Fear the boot. Fear the boot. No, no. Fear the Green Dragon or something like that, right. which is basically where they do deep dives into specific modules. They, have, they do like an AP of Dungeon World with two dudes. It's Jason uh, Cordova, I think, is kind of one of the masterminds behind it. Uh-huh. Anyway, they have a very large podcast network. And uh, I like I say, I'm not even sure where I found it or anything like that. But I'm like, oh, this will be cool. I'll, I'll run a game on it. And so I'm going to run my BX Hexcrawl game that I call uh, Calmata Live that's based on the uh, – the should have been award winning three castles award winning uh <laughs> treasure vault <laughs> of Zadabad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. That was nominated. I never heard it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, uh, that was in and others. Uh, yeah, oh, there's, there's, okay. yeah, there's uh, some uh, hero somewhere going on a trip and uh, and other shit. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> best part of that the best part was after it was over I was walking through the con yeah and I saw Eric Hoffman and Eric and I knew each other because we he was in my uh, White Star game at Trident mm-hmm. and um, he looked at me and I looked at him and he just went, went yup and he went yup and we kept walking <laughs> yeah well so anyway I'm not going to get out of this on another podcast but anyhow <laughs> They, uh, I signed up for when I was drunk, and, uh, and then I found out I was on a panel talking, no. about, <laughs> talking about dungeon delving. And then uh, it's an online con as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. on Saturday. I'm running the game, and I'll be on the panel on Friday. But so, I haven't done it yet. I haven't done any of the work. Wait, wait is this Friday? Yeah, at noon. Wow. Wow. You know, I, 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 I'm retired or retarded or whatever the hell I am. <laughs> uh, you said Trident Con? No, that's that's in uh, uh, Baltimore. What's in Gauntlet? Gauntlet Con. Gauntlet Con. Trident is run by Eric Jensen, and it's in the Silver Spring area every, I think, November. 
uh, and you should not uh, forget that he has his own awards that he is going to try and do the right way called the Krabbies. Mm. Oh, really? The Krabby. Is it a Krabby Patty? They give out like these little, like, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a statue of uh, some sort of like Mr. Krabs or something like that. Oh, that, that is. That <laughs> is. All right. So just so folks know, it's uh, gauntlet-rpg.com. And that will. Uh, so, and then where's where that taking? Where's that taking? It's online. Place? It's online. Just online? Oh, I thought you said. Gauntlet is online. Yep, okay. it's only online. Uh, but I am going to run that that same game at uh, Gamehole this year as well. Mm. So, all right. Well, listen. Uh, Two dollars plus for your supporter of the Patreon, or five dollar registration free. And I am going to register for my five bucks. And look, it takes PayPal. Oh my Yay. god, that was that was that was <laughs> e- that's going to be easy. So yes, <laughs> folks. If you want to know where I'll be Friday. <laughs> Uh, apparently, instead of doing anything worthwhile, any of the many projects I could be getting done, um, I, I will be at an online OSRCon, and uh, that is awesome. See, I never would have known. I would have missed that. I'm gonna have to post about this. Thing. And 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 folks, if you want to if you want to see me in June, I will be at the 10th anniversary of North Texas RPG Con, the first leg of my old uh, my old man Grognard tour. It's also my last leg. You only have one leg. Yeah, that's, that's the only con you go to, Glenn. Yeah, that's the only con I can afford to go to. Uh, um, is that going to happen this year? Of course, yeah, it's going to happen. North Texas is going to happen. It is. You guys are positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm positive. Bad Mike will make sure it happens, no matter what. Hobbs. Yes, sir. If you ever need a, ta- uh, a seat at my table for the games I'm running, you're just step up, slip my five dollar bill. You're good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I there do you other th- I do other things for five bucks. That ain't. Oh well, listen, Glenn. It's, uh, as usual, more information than I needed to know. Yeah, uh, well, yours. Well, yours is ten. So. Well, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about convention appearances. I will be at Game Hall. You'll be able to find me at the Frog uh, Games booth. Uh, most of the time, I'll be there with Rate. So look for the look for the blonde. With the uh, goofy-looking retired cop, and then I won't be at any cons in the next year because I'm poor. Um, sadly, well, I'm poor too, man. Why do you it's think it? Why do you think it's going to be? Why do you think it's going to be next June for me? I'm poor, and I live in the middle of nowhere. Yes, uh, that's the deal. Listen, I, I I attend cons on the kindness of Frog Guy Games, so I mean, there you not. There you go. There you go. And that's good. The web's got a heart the size of Texas, and and yes, folks and folks next June if you want to get into it if you want to sign up for a very kick ass gangbusters game come see me, or sign up at the con website. My um, plug, my plug. <laughs> nice. So Game Hole and Gary Con are within driving distance for me. Oh, nice. you you're speaking of asshole. Yeah, look at that. I was going to go to Gary Con, but now it's off. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at Gary. I'll probably be uh, rooming with like Bad Mike or something. I am going to be at Gary Con, and I think it's going to be an epic one. So, what is it? It's Gary Con ten, right? Yeah, it was yeah. ten for both uh, Gary and North Texas. Yeah, I'm going to that? North Texas as well. I'm also going to Origins, I believe, which is the week after North Texas. Oh, but it, finally, finally, but it's close. Finally, to, right? another one you can drive to, or. Yeah, I'm gonna get a ride with uh, uh, Wayne Humphreet and. Um, oh, okay. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. I love that guy. 
Brett and those guys that like uh, Kev Thulu that are coming through Illinois mm. on their way to Cincinnati. Nice. So or um, Columbus or wherever it is. So, so you think we got to wrap this up? We talked, we got all our plugs in. So <laughs> plug, 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 no, okay. yes. Plug away. We, we got them all in. No, no. What's but, going on with, uh, as 10 cars, crate going out because isn't the guys who do that aren't they in houston or have they been having as far as far as i know it's still going out i haven't been told otherwise i i I know the last one went out right after i i I thought it was gonna get delayed myself yeah it's getting so big it's gonna be tinkar's barrel nah listen there's so many of these uh crates and and boxes out there now uh, specialized for the for the gaming community that uh you you can just find this there's one for uh call of Cthulhu, right? You know, Ken Height is like uh, uh, doing that one. So, you know, I I, I subscribe to uh, I believe it's uh, Dungeon Crate and Mythward myself, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 because my collection is so vast, a lot of times I go, oh, I already have this, but I just give it to my gaming group. The in person one, I I don't I don't otherwise I'd be shipping stuff out to everybody, and that would never happen. So, oh yeah, that never happened. Never happened, but. Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Be fair, you may, you may, ne- you may never ship things, Eric. But mm-hmm. how many things have you backed on my behalf? How much money do I owe you? Like, you know, half my arm. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll just take the tip. Oh, did I say that? Aye, 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 aye. My, my wife already got a hold of that. Uh, ah, no. Uh, never Rabbi, mind. Rabbi Tankar. Uh, <laughs> I'm a moil. No. Um. Someone cue the outro. Yes, please, please. I'll, I'm gonna... That would that would be me. <laughs> uh, Barkey, last call. Uh, tab me out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for having me on, you guys. I, I oh, thanks for being dude, here. Welcome any welcome anytime. Yeah, anytime. Hobbs and friends, if the podcast to be it. <laughs> if you're not at if you're not at the Heroes Brew. <laughs> Listen, when you're done drinking at the Heroes Brew, go to Hobbs and Friends because you'll enjoy it just that much more. Yes, it will. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go there. Sto- I mean, yeah, go there. Not stone, dude. You got to get. I, th- I thought this was the 60s. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on. You, you get, you, you, like, like, like I used to tell my uh, marijuana guys when I used to have to call them up, man. Get a legal vice. Drink. <laughs> yeah, so silly. So yeah, Glenn, you should let me know what you think of the show if uh, if you actually end up listening to it. I will. Oh, oh. I will. All right, I'm gonna hold. I will, it. and and you know, and you know, we're. I'm gonna quiz. I'm gonna quiz Glenn. All the answers are gonna be either Grant's Tomb or Critical Twenty. <laughs> so, so Glenn, uh, in episode four of Hobbs and Friends. <laughs> I was actually at a 22 minute mark. What were they discussing? I, I wouldn't be able to Female dwarven beards. Uh, yeah. Yay or nay? Uh. Yeah. You know, I wish this, you know, on Thaco's Hammer, every once in a while, one episode, I have a copy of the old AD&D second edition trivia game. Nice. And we haul that out, and I, I'm the moderator, and we run it and see who wins, and it gets really crazy sometimes. 
I'm going to want to do that at the con, too. Paul that sounds out. like fun. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how many you get wrong. Hey, if I had learned to calculate a fake, I wouldn't have passed in, uh, math class in high school. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, I'm tabbing out. How about you guys? Yep. Yep. Time to go. Check okay. Please. Yeah, last call. Um, James? I'm good. Well, I'll say good night, folks. James. Good night, folks. Good night, James. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Mary folks. Good night, everybody. Right. Heroes Brew theme provided by the Lonely Mountain Band. Check them out on Facebook or at lonelymountain.guildlaunch.com. If you have any questions or comments, email us at heroesbrewpodcast at gmail.com. Last call. See you next time at Tinker's Tavern, where you can always get a pint of Heroes Brew. Hey, 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 hey.